Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yair Pinto, and together with me, as always, is TV7 Israel Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hessen. How are you doing, Jonathan? Praise the Lord. It's a blessing to be here to have the opportunity to serve God and, and to really, you know, see all those various developments uh, taking place uh, at a time when we know that God is in control. So it's it's quite mm-hmm. um, intriguing to see, but we live in critical times. We live in crucial times. And uh, it's a blessing, again, to serve uh, in this capacity. Definitely. And we really look forward to hearing what you have to say about the situation, go deeper, and then pray about it. That's what we want to do because we know that God is the one that can really make a change. Amen. Amen. So let's join in prayer. And I would like to invite our extended family from around the world to join us here in Jerusalem in prayer. Avinu shebashamayim, toda lecha shata tov, shata neeman, toda lecha shata itanu po berushalayim bechag asukot hazeh. Father in heaven, thank you that you're good, loyal, and that you're with us here in Jerusalem, in the studio. You said that if two or more are sitting together in your name, that you are among us. So we know that your spirit here is with us because we have a lot more than two people together here throughout the world. And we want to hear your voice. We want to listen to what you have to share. We really want to bless Jonathan as he tells us about the situation in Israel. And we want to be active in prayer, in prayer for our leaders, in prayer for the nation of Israel, for the nations of the world, that really your will will be done. So bless all of our uh, family, our supporters, our viewers, and the people here in the studio and behind the scene, the Shem Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. 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 Well, Jonathan, a lot of things are happening. Indeed. Where can we start? Well, I, I think uh, let's start with uh, the current situation in Jerusalem, in, in um, the West Bank territories, including Judea, Samaria, um, uh, Menashe District, uh, the, the Northern West Bank, so called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll move on after that. Uh, to uh, the topic of the border demarcation between Israel and Lebanon. We've received many requests to discuss this in uh, today's uh, uh, edition of of TV7 Editor's Note. Uh, So we will also touch on that. We'll try to understand or relay what's truly happening from uh, various angles. Oh, that's super Uh, important because uh, we hear, especially, you know, being in Israel, we hear a lot of negative things about the deal from like Netanyahu and then really good positive from Yair's parties. And we understand it's all because of the upcoming election. So we don't really know what to believe. Right. We'll we'll try to clear the rhetoric, (laughs) uh, to clean it from the political angles of things and we'll we'll go down to uh the the true understanding of of, okay what are the pros what are the cons exactly where should we focus on uh from this aspect Mm -hmm. um and if there is time today we'll also discuss uh shortly the the saudi um uh, american relations uh, yes in the last uh, or couple of weeks now, uh, decision by OPEC uh, plus 
uh, which is led by Saudi Arabia. It basically decides what's going to happen. OPEC is the the body that decides about oil, right? It's a body of it's a group of nations basically that are very rich mm-hmm. in crude oil and other energy related resources, and they basically uh, decide the output, the production, uh, whether to increase or diminish, uh, in order to uh, to basically limit uh, the the. Uh, production of, of those minerals uh, based on the demand. And exactly. then they're able to stabilize the market that mm-hmm. doesn't fluctuate too much. Of course, they have their own interests at heart. Of course, also. they want to keep the price high. And Indeed, and, and, uh, but we'll discuss this. Uh, if we have time, if, if we, we have, have time, time. definitely. Yeah. Okay, so West Bank and... Uh, Specifically, um, uh, actually, last uh, Saturday, I, I had the opportunity to sit with a, a good friend who I served with in the military. Uh, the unit I served with, which will not be named, uh, is one of the three most active uh, units in the field, obviously, uh, in uh, the current uh, waste breaker operation. Mm-hmm. And many of the officers were actually serving together with me at the time, Um and they still serve today. And they still yeah. serve today in, in uh, field uh, positions, some not anymore in, in those capacities uh, for various reasons. But uh, we had a brief discussion about what he was able to tell me, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, operationally speaking, there is uh, really the successes are staggering. Uh, I can remember certain periods where I partook in, in those kind of operations uh, which were quite intense, uh, more than uh, regular, uh, and that was during the Second Lebanon War, where we were also wow. very active in those areas um, at the time. Nonetheless, uh, you know, when when I look at the big picture, uh, I expect things to exacerbate. I expect things to become more intense. Really, um, it is going to spill over from the northern West Bank already. Defense Minister Benny Gantz made a right decision to uh, basically blockade to a certain degree uh, Nablus, or not to really blockade, but to establish uh, more vigorous inspections of of, uh, uh, movement. Freedom Mm -hmm. of movement is mitigated due to repeated shooting attacks, also against civilian targets, also against military targets. And we're seeing that there is a backlash. Uh, As I've noted also in the past, the moment... Islamist organizations, terror organizations, organizations that are proxy groups that operate at the behest, particularly of the Islamic Republic of Iran and other uh, elements in this region, they are clearly with their backs against the wall and they're trying uh, to, you know, with all kind of methodologies and and, uh, schools of of, uh, uh, operational conduct uh, to, to somehow garner... Uh, successes. Of mm-hmm. course, it was very unfortunate last week. Uh, we had, uh, you know, fatalities on Saturday of last week, subsequently also the second fatality of another soldier. Um, these fatalities are expected uh, during these days uh, yes. because unless you are in operational units, um, there are units who will never fire even a single shot uh, in their entire career, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of course, there are uh, administrative uh, um, soldiers, you know, uh, uh, all kind of people who work in various capacities, but most people don't see any combat for their entire yes. career. And suddenly it shows 
up for less than 30 seconds, mm -hmm. you know, 15 seconds, and they're shocked. They're not prepared for those kind of scenarios. That's the moment where they need to uh, basically get into that mode which you're taught in the, the basic training and then uh, the various courses that uh, those units undergo uh, to just rely on this 100% yeah. allow instincts. To Only work. on the training, yeah. Indeed. Um, and that's unfortunate. Uh, the the uh, individuals that uh, were killed, um, even though the first one was of a reconnaissance unit, which is relatively elite from the Givati uh, Brigade, um, the second, the, gr uh, the girl... Um, who died was, uh, you know, from military police. Uh, she doesn't really have military hmm. experience uh, or combat experience. Yes. So it, it is very unfortunate, and we should pray for their families for comfort. But yeah, uh, again, I, I believe that things will get worse before they become better, and I, I really think that we should pray for the leaders in Israel, regardless of... Uh, you know, their their political um, ideologies, and I disagree with much of pretty much every leader uh, in Israel. Um, there, there are many things that are not in line with, uh, with biblical norms, and, and um, even the conservatives in, in Israel are interest-driven. They are, you know, neoconservatives, most of them very much driven after uh, Mammon, rather God. Um, yes, And this finances. is unfortunately... Uh, so, nonetheless, they all love Israel. They all want the best for Israel, both left and right, or all, most of them, <laughs> the, the predominant group. And uh, those in, in power, um, even though I, I disagree with many of them, they mm -hmm. are also people who want the best for Israel. And their interpretation might not align with ours, but um, they are nonetheless uh, pursuing that uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah, and that's also why we should pray for them, for God to really affect Indeed. them and give them uh, wisdom. Indeed. You know, it's uh, one point <coughs> that uh, really is coming to mind, and that's uh, an article I read uh, last week uh, regarding um, uh, just, you know, the fact that during the Trump administration, there were no conflicts. Uh, you know, there was no uh, uh, Russian aggression to Ukraine. There was no threats of uh, Chinese aggression against Taiwan. Uh, there were discussions on multiple platforms and then subsequently uh, Biden came into office and initially there was reason of doubt but Biden is perceived as a weak leader mm -hmm. and weakness you know the laws of the jungle yeah weakness is usually uh, draws in predators mm -hmm. it is not the other way around yes you know so uh, predators don't attack for no reason the moment they smell that weakness those indications occur. It's the same in Israel. Yes. The moment the leaders are perceived as weak, that's the moment uh, it draws in uh, aggressiveness. The same in America. Much of what's happening in Ukraine is because of weak leadership in America, weak leadership in Europe. Actually, no leadership, no leadership there. for that matter. And uh, unfortunately, uh, one calculus should be also taken into account, and that is the fact that be when weak leaders emerge, their advisors usually try to compensate by advising more aggressive policies. So we see the vigorous approach of the United States vis-a-vis -vis Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Suddenly diplomacy is not even a discussion. It's all war, war, war. Same in the European Union. Uh, they are the 
number one proponents of continuation of war. You know, and it it is amazing to me mm-hmm. that this is the fact. Now, the thing is, this is also in the calculus of Hezbollah. Hezbollah knows that if it would have attacked Israel during the Lapid period, because he's uh, regarded perceived, as perceived a... and regarded as weaker than Netanyahu, also less experienced, which this is a fact, yeah. he will have to compensate that with a more vigorous approach. So we would have seen a lot more um, force being used in such a conflict. That's why uh, I heard some voices saying that Hezbollah would rather have Netanyahu in <coughs> than uh, Lapid because Netanyahu would be much more calculated. On the use of force. Yeah, so they could, uh, you know, perpetrate some acts of attacks and aggressiveness against Israel without going into an all-out war. Indeed. Uh, well, I, I, you know, we weren't very far from a vigorous all-out war last week. Mm-hmm. People don't realize this, but this was on the verge of, uh, thank God it didn't happen. Oh, really? Uh, because this will have... Uh, significant ramifications, both for Israel and more so for Lebanon and, and for the entire region. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, let's let's get into the details mm-hmm. of, of uh, this agreement that is emerging. Um, Talking about the gas, Karish yes. reservoir? Well, uh, not only Karish, but uh, if uh, our MCR can put in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I think we should look at time and again. So we can see, you know, the, the disputed area. This is the disputed area, okay? And this is what was in... Uh, or uh, in 2010, there was the finding of the gas. Until then, nobody in Lebanon even raised this uh, question. Nobody cares about that area. More so. Um, they don't recognize Israel. Ah, so they didn't even... So there is no discussion point here, you know. But the moment uh, vast offshore gas reservoirs were found by Israel in cooperation mm-hmm. with an American company, okay, uh, this exploration drew Lebanon to say, hey, wait, one moment. Part of this is ours because we think that what you found in Karish, okay, which was what uh, Israel <coughs> called this specific mm-hmm. reservoir, it may stretch into Lebanon. Now, this was in 2010. 2011, okay. Lebanon submitted a uh, basically its claims of mm-hmm. territorial, um, uh, of its maritime claims, okay, mm-hmm. including the EEZ, the Exclusive Economic Zone, mm-hmm. which stretches out further, to the United Nations. Okay, so the moment they uh, submitted it to the United Nations, uh, Israel subsequently provided a response saying, no, it's about 90% north. So the, the discussion was basically uh, the red line and... Uh, the uh, grayish white line, okay, going above. This was the area. If we can do the video one more time, uh, MCR, that would be helpful. So, again, you see the red line, you see the line going Mm -hmm. upward. Mm -hmm. This was the area, Lebanon demanded this, Israel demanded this, and here's the Karish. Yes. Okay. Now, the Karish Reservoir, specifically, uh, it was no dispute about it. This was in Israel. You know, nevertheless, suddenly um, 
uh, Israel started developing Karish in 2017 under Netanyahu at the time. And there was a discussion about, you know, uh, the process, COVID suddenly struck, so there was a break of this uh, development mm-hmm. of this uh, offshore gas reservoir. But in 20, uh, 2020, <clears throat> suddenly Lebanon said, w- one moment, but Karish might also be in our territory. So they all expanded the, the maritime so border conveniently, again? conveniently, conveniently, when this ship that we see right over here arrived in order to establish the, the offshore rig, suddenly... There was a new claim submitted, and that included Karish, uh, some 540 square miles, which uh, were conveniently added to Lebanon's claim. Now, one of the points that was um, uh, in in contention for a long time was that Israel said no, but according to the laws of the sea, we're in the right. But we want to stabilize Lebanon, so we will provide them a little bit in order for them to have some economic uh, interests Mm -hmm. to maintain stability in the region that would then allow us to, you know, also uh, inject more uh, stability in our northern front vis-a-vis Lebanon. Okay, so so the interest of Israel here is to have some economic cooperation with Lebanon? Correct. Okay. So, think about it. If, If... Significant funds enter into Lebanon from a specific spot that Israel could turn on, uh, terminate at any given time. Lebanon would think twice. True, mm-hmm. you know. So let, let's ask right now. As you said correctly, Netanyahu and and the group of of uh, the, the conservative right, if you will, you know, conservative and conservative mm-hmm. right, uh, have been vigorously opposed to this. Matter. Yes. Obviously, the current government is very, very supportive of of this agreement. Pros, cons, nobody's right. It's not good for Israel, and it's not bad for Israel. Okay? It's not, uh, most definitely not good for Hezbollah. It's not necessarily bad for Hezbollah either. Yes. Okay? It's uh, the the big winners of this uh, new agreement in what I can observe from from the sidelines Biden administration which okay. pressured Israel to basically forgo on the majority of its claims now uh, the irony of this when we look at this picture okay Israel basically agreed that it would go to this point yes okay so suddenly uh, excuse me to the red point so suddenly the red claim, of Lebanon, which it all the time demanded, was given to it, which was uh, pretty much absurd because it's it's not even you know the new claim is not something that Lebanon had any claim over. Yes, uh, they they could demand something, but you know I can come to you and say your house is mine, whether I uh, you agree with me or or not, it doesn't matter. It's not mine, you know? Exactly. They had no basis for their claim. So uh, basically, I came to you. I said, your house is mine. You say, no, it's not. But let me give you my my, uh, front yard. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, About something that I had a uh, dispute with you about it. That's basically what happened. Okay. That's clear. That's clear. Good. Yeah. Really make it Mm -hmm. as simple as possible. Okay. You can have my front yard if you want. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) 
coming down to to the points again going throughout all this period of time all this timeline we can see that uh, yes it will provide uh, significant added value to the Biden administration this is regarded as a win yeah second winner France France was an active participant in this uh, Total uh, Energies yes. is going to be, uh, or already was granted by the Lebanese president, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, all of the tenders to France, uh, yeah. specifically its multinational uh, corporation, <laughs> offshore gas explorations to try and find additional gas explorations. And then the third big winner in this situation is the Lebanese elite. The Lebanese elite are going to uh, draw significant uh, royalties into this. If anybody thinks that in the the heavily corrupt elite of Lebanon, somebody is going to give anything to the population, that's sad. You know, yeah. it, it, they may divert some scraps to try and exactly provide them with something. American guarantees were given to Israel that it will not go to Lebanon. To that Hezbollah. it won't go to Hezbollah. This is the only point that was given. So. Thursday, the agreement was put on the table for Knesset members to read. This agreement had many holes in it because one point was highlighted, and uh, that is that all the secret clauses that were the most significant arrangements, okay, between Israel, the United States, guarantees, security matters, vis-a-vis uh, -vis France, these are kept concealed. They're not going to be unveiled to nobody, at least not for the next uh, 60 or 70 years. Wow. So ultimately, we don't really know what are the true contents. Mm -hmm. Israel says that it will receive 17% royalties from the Lebanese side okay. because it's a Israeli finding. Okay, Makes so the, there are some understandings on this aspect. But again... 17% from what was initially legitimately, legally, Israeli claims. Uh, Hezbollah, you know, the Mossad, the, the uh, Shabak, Shin Bet, or say, uh, and the IDF say, no, it's, it's great. You know, this creates a rift between Hezbollah and Iran because Hezbollah suddenly becomes less reliant on Iran. But if Hezbollah becomes less reliant of, on Iran, uh, with regard to funding, because it benefits from the Karish, doesn't this contradict what I just said about American guarantees that the money won't go to Hezbollah? Yeah, I see what you're talking about. You know, there, yeah, there are yeah. many contradictions in the statements coming out. American guarantees on security. There is a security line, we call it Kava Matsofim, where there was a dispute about this. Israel will maintain its presence in this area. Uh, to Lebanon's dismay, something that it rejected uh, just last mm -hmm. week, and then once again, uh, you know, yeah. back that uh, objection uh, in order to get a deal done. This was quite significant for Israel from a security standpoint. Uh, another point that should be highlighted, and that is the fact that American security guarantees and French security guarantees, two guarantors to be able to protect that area, 
not only vis-a-vis -vis Hezbollah, but also other predators in the region, not to forget Russia is in Syria, other countries in the region have a keen eye on, on those areas, and they fought for those tenders, by the way. Mm -hmm. Italy also wanted the tenders in Lebanese uh, waters, so did Russia. France won those. Uh, there is here some, uh, you know, uh, geopolitics uh, taking place. Um, but those guarantees were also uh, given to Israel that, come, let us guarantee your security so you can establish uh, withdraw from the Gaza Strip. Same guarantees were mm -hmm. offered by the Obama administration regarding the West Bank, you know, Judea and Samaria. So, it, uh, you know, supposed uh, solution of a two states would be a viable option where yes. American troops would suddenly provide guarantees for Israel. The whole point of Israel is, or the inception of Israel, and, and let's um, not put God aside, but let's look at the, the uh, human logic mm -hmm. behind Israel is to establish a Jewish state where Jews will be able to defend themselves by themselves against foreign adversaries. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. The fact of the matter is, that the inception of Israel also indicated the truth of the word of God with regard to biblical you know, prophecies. Biblical yes, prophecies. But nonetheless, when we're looking at this rationale, suddenly we're giving our our defend ourselves by ourselves with American guarantees for what? Yes. You know, with French guarantees for what? This is something that Israel rejected under Netanyahu in the West Bank. Mm -hmm. You know, so many of those um, points which I'm raising are problematic. Um, there's a long list of problematic points within this uh, arrangement. Uh, nevertheless, God is in control. Yes. Uh, a war was averted. The fact of the matter is there's de facto recognition by Lebanon of a Jewish oh, state, of Israel. This is unprecedented. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Making it a historic agreement. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, nevertheless, until it's signed, we won't know whether it's an agreement or an arrangement. It still can be played upon. So uh, this recognition <clears throat> is significant because suddenly Hezbollah, which is trying to dissuade itself from this agreement, is somewhat accepting the fact that Israel... Exists. Not exists, <laughs> it's already accepting that fact, but that it's a legal entity with legal rights. Okay, yes. Okay, so there yeah. are certain things that uh, we should recognize as positive development. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. But, That's really yeah. interesting. Really interesting. We don't have much time. Maybe just what to focus on prayer for, for this situation. Again, pray for the leaders. Yes. Um, not only in Israel. Pray for the leaders in Europe. Pray for the leaders in uh, the Americas, in Canada, mm -hmm. in, in uh, uh, when we're looking at Australia and in other places. We don't agree with our leaders more often than not. It still, uh, we have that responsibility. Definitely. To pray for them that God may reveal himself to them, that they may follow in his will and mm -hmm. not their own. And pray also for our brethren and sisters. We love our Lebanese brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen, yeah. Uh, and we want to have peace with Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And with God's grace, peace will prevail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure. And thank you to all of our extended families. Keep your enemies in prayer, pray for the situation, and pray for your leaders. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Editor's Note.
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.